You're listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast, where we take the Wall Street bull by the horns to help you achieve your financial goals. Whether it's budgeting, investing, or financial independence, we tackle the big questions in the pursuit of financial literacy. And now, your host... Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Main Street Finance Podcast. I am, of course, Alex, your host, and this week we have an interview with Pam Prine, who is the co-owner of Keystone Capital Management. Pam is a fully licensed investment advisor with over 18 years of experience, and she is a specialist in retirement planning. We have Pam on the show today so that we can talk about planning for retirement while running a small business. So let's go ahead and bring her on. Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's no problem at all. I am so glad to have you here. And you know, Pam, before we really get into it, I'd like to know a little bit about your background. Would you mind expanding a little bit into what you've done in the industry and what Keystone does? Yes. Uh, Keystone is actually a retirement planning firm where we focus specifically on retirement. That's a little bit different than maybe a stockbroker office or an insurance office or A lot of people focus on the accumulation part of saving for retirement. We like to focus on the distribution part. So we can take people to and through retirement, but there are so many different things that need to be coordinated and that blend together in the retirement phase that we really like to focus with those pre-retirees, getting them prepared for a successful retirement. Okay. So would it be fair to say that you are distribution specialists as far as you've spent your whole life building up this nest egg and now it's, okay, how do we start taking eggs out of the basket? Exactly. I like to compare it to skiing. I grew up in Idaho and I remember the first time that I set into a ski lift and made it up the mountain. And um, I compare that to a lot of times people are, are concerned about starting investing and it's a little scary for them, but they finally take that action. They get into that chair And then on the the way through accumulation, sometimes it gets a little scary. We have down markets, we have different things, news going on and political events. And it's kind of like that ski lift kind of stopping and jerking and swinging back and forth in the chair. But eventually you make it and you get up to the top. And I'll never forget my first experiences like I got off the chair successfully. I skied over to where I was you know, going to be going down the mountain. I said, yes, I've made it. And I think that's what a lot of people feel like right when they retire or thinking, you know, I've gone through all these years of working, accumulating, I've made it. And really what I found in skiing is the most important part of the journey was getting down the hill safely. And I think that's the um, relates to retirement. That goal of retiring is now the most important part of your journey is getting through the next 20, 30, possibly 40 years of your life, having that money last staying healthy and making that journey um, one that you're comfortable living. Absolutely. I'd say it's more of a like phase two. You spend so much time just doing that build up. You finally get there. And I would imagine, of course, I'm not a retiree, but I would imagine there's a feeling of, okay, now what? I've retired. I've got the gold watch. I've got this big nest egg. Now, how do I live off of it? Right. And, you know, that's where some specialization can come in and and really help you focus those moguls and unforeseen things that um, you don't realize are coming. So I'll be honest here. This is my first time ever hearing of a sort of drawdown specialist. So at what point 
during a career or I guess life cycle, would it be say fortuitous for someone who either doesn't have an advisor or someone who does have an advisor to start considering to switch over to the services of someone who specializes in that drawdown? I would think it would be ideally maybe five-ish years before you um, actually plan on retiring to at least start that conversation. And then there can be some pivots, some switches to those final years of accumulation. And you know, then that's really going to give you a good start. You kind of don't want to wait till you retired and then all of a sudden you go into someone for help and you realize, oh, if I would have thought of this two or three, five years prior, I would have been more prepared. You know, I think as far as getting with a distribution specialist, at least five years before you retire. Okay. And that would be at, say, any age, not just like 60. Like if you're planning on, say, you're very lucky, you've started a business, the business is very successful, you're able to retire at, let's say, 40. Maybe you might be wanting that distribution specialist at 35, not necessarily 60. Exactly. Well, alrighty then. And I know definitely getting with somebody a couple years before helps. Just in my experience, I don't know if we mentioned this off mic, but I am actually a commercial credit analyst for a bank. Oh, wow. So I deal a lot with accountants. And there's a lot of when you're doing your taxes, oh, if only we had started something a couple years ago, then you know, we could have built up to this and then you would have had a much better outcome. So it sounds like that's a lot of the same kind of things with what you guys specialize with. Yes. And, you know, actually, I said five years pre-distribution, but even in the very beginning now, if we can encourage people to start saving through a Roth or tax-free investment that might be out there for them, they're going to be so much farther ahead than if they wait and maybe accumulate all their money in a deferred status and then realize that, oh my goodness, now everything's going to be taxable. So there are actually a lot of things along the way that might be helpful, even when you're just starting, that it might be helpful to speak to someone. I mean, you don't have to get into a deep relationship there, but just talk about what are some things I should be looking for in the future? I just spoke with a couple today. They came in and they said they hadn't worked with an advisor before, but they worked with someone who worked sort of in the field. And she told them the things maybe not to do. And sometimes that is as helpful as knowing what to do is these are things maybe you shouldn't do. And so that was that was an interesting perspective for me to hear. Oh, yeah, I would think it'd be helpful to know both sides of it, not just, hey, what to do, but. I mean, with a lot of these financial things, if you can bare minimum, here's the top 10 worst things you can do, Uh that can be very helpful. Because if you know what the bad things are, if you can dodge the potholes, you may not need to have the most stellar, even savings investment choices. But as long as you don't hit those roadblocks, you should be, you know, all right, at least. Right. And one of the frustrations that I know people feel when they're looking for information is we have this plethora of information, you know, online, and there's everyone giving their different opinions. And there's just not one way to be successful. But you need to keep your mind open, because I know people will hear, I won't say the name, but there's someone who gives a lot of advice. And he says, never do XYZ. Well, you might come to someone else and they say, Oh, man, you know, that's what we suggest. And so there's a lot of confusion as to the advice that people are getting. And so You've got to get with someone who you feel like really understands your situation, because I don't think there's 
really an always or a never. Everybody's different. So um, if you just keep an open mind when you're hearing different strategies and such. Oh, I 100% agree with you. I know for a lot of people, you may not need a financial advisor or someone to really take you through, but there are such benefits to having one. And there's so much stuff that you can use. I mean, the example I use a lot is whole life insurance, because whole life insurance for a lot of people is probably not the best thing. Most people could probably just do term life insurance. But there is a subset of the public that that product could really do some magical things for them in terms of maybe inheritance or, you know, right. Totally agree. So having that expertise, having that person to talk to, you don't have to listen to just the general advice that admittedly people like myself give, but you have that specialist, that sort of, you know, person with the sword to cut through all the nonsense to say, Hey, this affects you. Here is your specific circumstances and what will help you. Right. Keep open to that. I think a lot of times when people are looking into retirement, well, I was driving one day and I'm always noticing license plates, but I noticed this one plate and it was a woman that looked like in her 40s. She was driving a brand new Escalade or Suburban or something. And the license plate said SET, the letter for LIF, set for life. (laughs) And I looked at that for a minute, of course, from my perspective, and I thought, okay, what was it that had gone on in her life that made her feel set for life? Was it because she just got a divorce and this new car was part of her settlement? Was it because her husband just got a new job? Was it, you know, and I just thought so, and I always try to, uh, when I'm talking to people, what would make you feel set for life? And then I, I love having that conversation. And then also, And I need to caution you, life is all about how you handle plan B. So, uh, you know, keeping that in mind, I think it's a a very interesting perspective. We don't just plan for the probabilities, but also plan for the possibilities. Absolutely. It's definitely something that needs to be kept in mind, no matter, even if it's like a 5% chance of it happening. If it's a 5% chance of a 100% loss, it's something that should be looked into. What is that one of those movies? You mean there's still a chance? I don't know. (laughs) So you mean there's a chance. So you mean there's a chance. Exactly. (laughs) I think that was, I knew that was Jim Carrey. What, Dumb and Uh, Dumber? Yeah, I think so. He had broken tooth in the straight kitchen bags. (laughs) All righty, Pam. So with that, would it be fair to say that you are an expert or maybe specialist in not only retirement planning, but retirement planning for entrepreneurs? Yes, especially my uh, business partner, Kim Dyer, and I I would uh, correct that to a specialist that but uh, Kim works with a lot of business owners, a lot of people just starting up, but I'll share some of the things that I have learned with her. When you are starting a business, it feels like so much of your money needs to go into making that business and you focus on the business, you focus in working on it. And then a lot of people think, well, my retirement is my business, so I will just sell my business and that will be my retirement. And really, there is so much preparation in that. And you should actually be investing in yourself, in your retirement funds and whatever that might be while you're growing that business. And when it comes to getting time to sell the business, it's good to get evaluation done because with the business is only as worth as much as you can get for it, regardless of how you feel about it. 
So there are different things without you. Is that business going to be worth, you know, being able to sell? How is that going to work? Are you going to transition it to a family member? Is it just going to be an outright sale? What are your key employees going to do if you end up having them? So there's so much that goes along with being an entrepreneur. And entrepreneurs are really, really good. And business owners in general, even doctors, they're really, really good at what they do. But they're not necessarily good at the finance part of things or managing a business. And so working with someone who can help you manage your business while you focus on what you do really well is really important. Absolutely. I could not agree with you more. I see it on a daily basis. You can be the best people person. You can be the best painter. You can go out and paint Uh a whole house. You can manage five or six teams. But if you can't manage your accounts payable and your accounts receivable, your business Uh might be in trouble. Right. Or even the way your uh, business is set up. Should it be an LLC? Is this a sole proprietor? Should I be an S corp, a C corp? What is the best for me? You know, like I said, you're going to be a great painter, a great mechanic, whatever it is, but you've got to um, know what you don't know. And I like to say that connections are key to success because it's those people who you connect with in the areas that you need help that can help make a huge difference for you. So making connections where you maybe lack that expertise is really important. 100%, especially, I mean, a good manager, a good entrepreneur knows, here's what I'm good with, here's what I'm bad with. And Mm -hmm. being bad with something isn't a bad thing. As long as you know, this is what I'm bad at. So I hired XYZ person and they're going to cover me there. They're going to do my books. They're going to run my sales tax reports. They're going to do all of these things. They're going to keep my corporate minutes or at least educate me. So I really think that having connections, and I've known that in my life, even in a personal way, and I'll just relate a really quick story about how important I think connections are and how they provide value. I took my uh, daughter and granddaughters back to New York City in December of 19, and we wanted to do a Christmas in New York. And so we made those arrangements and I actually have a client who is a veterinarian surgeon in New York City of all places. And she invited us when we came back to be able to go to the animal hospital where she works. And the other fun connection I had was I know a Rockette and she's actually from my hometown here in Arizona. And uh, I knew her mom really well. So I made a connection with her. And so when we were back in New York City, We were able to go to the animal hospital and we got a personal tour through it. We got to see some um, animals having surgery. We got to see the recovery. We really got to go deep in the weeds, if you would. And then not only that, but when we went to the Radio City Spectacular, the Christmas show, we got to go backstage with the the, the rockette that we knew and even look and peer into the costume closet. And my little granddaughters got to put on a couple of the famous hats that the girls dance in. And I thought those connections made what would have been a great vacation into a fantastic experience. And I think that is true with any uh, connection that you make as a, whether it be an advisor that you work with, or it's a tax person for your business or friends that you have. For me, I also need great connections in tech support because I am not a technical person. I don't want to be, I never will be. So I know that and I surround myself, I connect myself with great tech people. So understanding that importance of connection, 
I think is really, really important. Absolutely. And especially since we're talking about retirement, let's talk about specialists in retirement. So I imagine if they're reaching out to yourself, your co-owner, your company, Keystone Capital Management, that we are looking for retirement advice. And that's something that you guys special in. So let's have a little bit of fun with that. So okay, at what point in starting a business or having your business going, at what stage should at least some of your focus go towards, you know, putting aside money for retirement? Um, I think it should be from day one when you start. And that's difficult when you're trying to start a business because everything needs to to go in there. But you've always got to be investing in yourself. And so we like to say, try to put 10% of an amount away for you and put that away in a, a Roth or an IRA or some kind of retirement plan. Maybe if you have employees, you can also offer something to them where you can get a tax benefit. But I think starting to invest in yourself as soon as possible, because people say, when's the best time to plant a shade tree? And we say 20 years ago. Well, when's the next best time? It's today. So start where you are, wherever that is, and start to put some away and then get the advice for as you build your business of ways that are going to make it more valuable when you go to sell it. Okay. So when you say put some money aside in either a Roth or a traditional account, are we talking about maybe creating a 401k for the business or maybe doing an individual well, 401k? Or... You could do a, a solo 401k. If you have a few employees, you might be able to do a simple 401k. You can contribute much more than you can into an IRA, but at least start with an IRA. Don't say, well, I can't do enough right now, so I'll wait. That procrastination in savings you can lose so much by that. There's another piece of information I wanted to just kind of open your eyes. And it's how much would you have to save per day to save $10,000 a year? What do you think that would be, Alex? Uh, I got to admit, I'm cheating because I, I keep this fact because I tweet it out every <laughs> now and then. I want to say it was like $36. Oh, it, I think it's $27 or $25 and some change. So if you were able to put away, save $25 a day, you could save up to $10,000 a year times that by 20, 30 years, there's two, $300,000. And you say, well, $25 a day, well, think about it. How often do you stop off at Starbucks? How often do you go into Walgreens and you go to pick up a prescription and you come out with $50 worth of things? How often, I'm speaking to myself here, do you wake up at night, can't sleep, so you grab your phone and do some online shopping? It takes, if you start thinking about it, there are those things that you could do. Just think about it, 25 bucks a day. What can I, how can I strategize in my life to save that? Just making a difference of $10,000 a year. As a young entrepreneur, that would make such a difference for you. Oh, of course. I mean, it's amazing with compound interest, especially uh -huh. if you're and a young business yeah. owner. And that's not even with compounding interest. That's just saving the money. So just think about how getting that into a good investment could, could compound for you. Oh, yeah. So let me ask you this. Between all the different options, because we have solo 401ks, they're setting up just a general 401k for yourself uh -huh. and your employees. And there's also IRAs. Do you have any maybe rules of thumb for maybe which one should you start with? And then maybe when your business grows to a certain point, maybe you should look at switching to a different kind. 
I would at least start with an IRA or a Roth. You can start there. Then as that grows and your company grows, maybe with a, a go to a 401k, you could roll your IRA into that. You can begin to contribute more. I'm going to throw something in here, and this might throw a lot of people off, but a life insurance policy, the cash value inside a life insurance policy can be like a, a Roth on steroids. That money is creditor and predator protected. You pay the tax when you before you put your money in, but it grows tax-free. It comes out tax-free. You don't have the, I should say tax advantage. You don't have the restrictions of the limitations of how much you can put in. It, it's got to be coordinated with the amount of life insurance that you have, but it can be such an amazing planning tool, you know, inside a portfolio. But you know, they tune out to it because we use the I word insurance, but keep your options open and explore what the cash value in a life insurance policy could do for you. We're just helping a young man. I think he's in his thirties. And if he does a certain amount in life insurance, he's protecting his future family. And if he ends up not having one, he can, you know, the death benefit can go to a loved one around him. But with not putting as much as you would think you would have to in, by the time he was 65, I believe he could have about $185,000 of tax-advantaged or tax-free income. It's incredible. So we always, you know, try to look at life insurance and see if that would be something that was suitable. Not that that you need to uh, completely rely on it, but it very much fits in the the, uh, pie of your portfolio. Absolutely. And see, that's one of those things. I swear I mentioned it a few minutes ago in the episode. Uh-huh. It just so happened to come up. I just, so that, <laughs> just so y'all know, we didn't plan this. No. Uh, it's just one of those things. Again, in general, I don't recommend anything cash value life insurance, but I cannot deny there is a subset of people where it can be a very useful tool as we just so eloquently had explained to us. Right. And you, uh, I mean, we know there are people out there and they are well-known people who will say term life and invest the difference. That may or may not be right, but don't be stuck on that. Open your mind and learn about what else is there. We we actually call, there's a name for, they don't use this name as much, but um, we've used the name LERP, Life Insurance Retirement Plan. Get past the I word, get past that and see what potential this could unlock for you. Okay, so let me ask you this. Does Keystone, maybe on y'all's website, do y'all have any resources for people that are looking into these retirement solutions, especially the insurance parts of it? We have a what we call a roadmap to retirement that you could download. As far as specific to the insurance, I think if you would just shoot us an email, I don't think we have anything specific to the benefits of the insurance out right now, but we could definitely get you some information and um, help you understand how that may or may not work for you. But uh, yeah, it's definitely worth looking into. Okay, and that that brings me to my next topic here. If you're a business owner and you're investing in some kind of retirement plan, because hopefully, as we've established, you should be, especially in the beginning, give it that time to grow. Mm -hmm. Is there some differences to how you should manage those investments since you also own a business? 
Well, I think you've got a lot of choices out there. And um, a lot of times the 401k plan, they come with the investments of whoever is administrating the plan inside of that. But if you are just doing your own plan, you can pick the investments that you choose inside of it. And of course, you're going to say, well, she's a financial advisor. Of course, she would say this, but I would work with an advisor to you know, understand your risk tolerance, your goals, and because a 401k or retirement plan can be customized to meet your goals. Well, okay. And I know, I know I say it every now and then that an advisor isn't right for everybody. Not everybody might need one. You have some people that you know love to read, love to study this stuff, but having an advisor is a whole package. I remember I talked to an investment advisor probably last year now, and you have to consider the full package. It's not just money management. It's like, okay, it's money management, but also let's set up your retirement. Let's do like what you guys do, a distribution specialist. So it's not just one service that you're paying for. You're paying for a whole range, the whole gambit of, hey, here's the 10 things I can do for you. Oh, I love that you brought that in because um, we have this conversation a lot with people and the value, there is so much value that an advisor can bring to the table that's not necessarily even related to your portfolio. There was a young lady and we were able to just take a, a look at her trust and we noticed that there was some language in there that it, it was concerning to us. And so we suggested to her that she take it to her attorney and um, have this clarified. And she called back and she said, thank you so much for noticing that. Because if that wording would have stayed in there, it would have cost me tens of thousands of dollars because it wasn't the way that things should have been set up. And another time we had, we worked with some people and we were able to just in glancing at there, they had mentioned how much they were getting or having to pay in taxes. And I thought to myself, you know, that's kind of strange because I thought that we had, you know, worked that out that they wouldn't really owe that much. So, again, me not being a tax advisor, we have to be very careful and not say this is tax advice. But I encouraged them to go back to their tax person because I felt like they, they needed to address a situation. And sure enough, they called me back and they said, do you realize that by you having us go back to our tax person and confirm this? You just saved us $6,000 this year. And also they're going to go back and what do you call it when you- Amend it? Amend it. They can amend two previous year's taxes and it will be another 6,000 each year. We'll get back from that. And that was just by simply you know, glancing over things and thinking, eh, I think I would question this. And you know, it's just amazing the value that working with someone can provide you beyond the portfolio and the fees and the basis points. Absolutely. And something else you got to consider is that not only, I mean, if we get rid of all the other services and we left it at just distribution of assets, you know, you guys are retirement specialists. If we just look at that, it's not just, hey, I'm paying somebody to do this, but that person you're not their only client. They might have 10, 20, 30, 50 other clients. And it yeah. might be, hey, I've got this guy who I've got, what, five people that are in a similar situation to you. Here's how they're doing it. So, I mean, obviously, they're not going to tell you John Q. Smith does it this way. So maybe you should consider doing it this way. But your advisor has that mm -hmm. knowledge of, hey, here's how 50 other people are doing it. Maybe this thing that this guy is doing could help you. And this thing that this woman's doing, it could work for you as well. 
So it's that aggregation of knowledge that, hey, you're not the first person, first or only person they're helping. Right. And also, because we're in the industry, we find people like tax professionals, like attorneys, like, you know, other people that you can work with that can bring value added to your client. So it's not just, again, what you bring, but what your contacts, your connections, there's that word again, connections can bring to your clients. So um, if you have a moment, one of the things in distribution I wanted to talk about, and I don't know if anybody has heard of this before, but it's called the sequence of returns. Alex, have you ever heard of that? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. If you'd like to go into it, please, by all means. Oh, just, but the sequence of returns is very, um, it's once you start taking distributions from your money, if you happen to retire and you have three or four down years in the beginning, taking that distribution from an investment as it's losing money can have a very uh, a huge negative impact on your bottom line. So we have an example of a, a gentleman, uh, 60 years old, he has $500,000. He started taking 24,000 a year. The first three years he had negative years and, and um, you know then the market kind of did its thing. But at the end of 17 years, he had $71,000 left versus a person who same situation, only they had positive years in the market in their first three years. And we're not three years is is nothing um, magic about it, but that's how it was. So having positive returns in those first years and then took out the same $24,000 a year at the exact same time end of 17 years. They each took out the exact same amount of money, but the one who had the positive years in the beginning had 691,000 left, something like that, versus 17. And it's all about how the market performs when you're taking distributions. And this is why it's important when you work with someone who understands that maybe you can have different buckets of money that you take from. And when the market's down, maybe you need to be taking from a bucket that's not losing money. So just a a strategy that a lot of people don't think about it. If you do it by yourself, you just take money from your investments. But that sequence of returns can make a huge difference in how long your money lasts. Absolutely. And sequence of returns risk is probably one of the biggest things facing your drawdown strategy or really your overall retirement. Mm -hmm. And forgive me, I know they always say you shouldn't do math while you're recording because it never ends well. But I find it hard to really state sequence of the returns risk without having some numbers in there. So Uh something to imagine, say you have John Q. Smith, who has a million dollars in his retirement account. Well, in their first three years, let's say as soon as he retires, there's a 50% downturn. Well, now that million dollars is 500,000. Exactly. Well, if you wanted to live off of just say for the sake of math, $100,000 a year. Well, after the first year, his million dollar portfolio, which dropped to a half million dollar portfolio, now only has 400,000. Well, let's then say that after that first year, the market doubles, goes right back to where it was. So Uh your 400,000 is now up to 800. So in the first year, because of that 50% drop and you drew down off of Uh those Uh assets that had a depressed price, you've lost 20% of your nest egg because you you had one bad year and you were still living off of that money. Right. Right. You got it. That's a great example of that. And then if you're taking from qualified IRAs, 401ks, those kind of things, you owe tax on that money as well. Yep. 
So, you know, you have to say you have a million dollars of an IRA, realistically, probably about 700,000 of it is going to be yours. So we do with a lot of strategies with converting into Roth money, paying the tax over with a with a strategy to um, get the tax paid, but then move forward with Roth money. So there's all kinds of, of uh, different things that distribution specialists can help you with. Absolutely. Well, let me ask you one last question here before we start kind of winding down here. What would be maybe the prime candidate for looking for specifically Keystone Capital Management? What is the sort of average situation of someone who not only should be looking for y'all's help, but is in a fantastic position to be helped by you guys? Okay, I'm going to go with two arms here with our Keystone Business Consulting. It would be a new business just starting up. We can help you um, get a great foundation set for the startup. Also, for someone who is looking to sell their business within about five years, getting ready, getting that valuation done, getting things in place that make your business more valuable. On a personal level, someone about in their 50s, getting ready to retire, you know, five, 10 years, I've gone through that accumulation. You know, that's a great time to visit with us. And we can take you to and through. It's not that, that we don't, um, can't help everyone, but I think that's a really good time to, if you haven't reached out to someone to start, start making those plans because just the little tweaks that you can make five years ahead of time can make a huge difference. Well, all righty. And Pam, if my audience wanted to learn more about you, more about what you do, and more about Keystone Capital Management, where can they find out more about you? Go to our website at keystonegroupaz.com, keystonegroupaz.com. We have, um, like I said, we have our retirement roadmap. We have uh, brochures uh, specifically for women, a lot of different topics. We also have a lot of podcasts on there. We have webinars. We do a ton of education, put out a newsletter. So um, go to the website. You can contact us there or also our email is team at keystonegroupaz.com or just pick up the phones. All righty. And all of those links, the phone number, the email address, everything will be listed in the description below. All righty, Pam. So final question, and it's a question that I warn you, a lot of guests have said it's the hardest one. <laughs> not to stress you out so is there maybe a last second mic drop statement you'd like to leave us with there is there is never a bad time for a good investment oh i like that sounds like something i need to put on my coffee mug yeah <laughs> and look a lot of people go into a whole explanation but that was quick and concise i love it and just for my audience she was not ready for that question i did not forewarn her I was not. I was not. But I truly believe that there is never a bad time for a good investment. All righty, guys. And with that, Pam, thank you so much for coming on the show. I had a great time. I think we had a great conversation and definitely some good stuff for the audience. Alex, you've been great. It's been a pleasure to be here. All righty, guys. And as you know, you have all kinds of links in the description below. You have some research to go do and definitely a website to go check out. So from all of us here, I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Main Street Finance Podcast. 
Have a question on today's topics or have suggestions for future episodes? Send an email to mainstfinance at gmail.com. Sharing is caring, so if you learned something new and useful today, make sure you share with friends and family. Don't forget to like and subscribe to be notified of new episodes. For demonstrations and more examples, be sure to check out the YouTube channel. We'll see you next time.